Welcome to the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business Podcast. I'm Melissa Lieberman, a fellow IC and business coach. On this podcast, I teach you to become a consistently booked independent consultant without becoming a pushy salesperson or working 24-7. If I can do it, you can too. Listen on to find out how. Welcome to today's episode. We are on episode 135 of the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business Podcast. I'm so thrilled you're here. I am recording this a little bit of a personal update. I am recording this a day before we leave for fall break. We're going to Costa Rica. It's kind of northwestern Costa Rica, maybe an hour or so from the Nicaraguan border. So we're going to Nicaragua as well for the day. I've heard it's a beautiful and this huge lake that they say has waves almost like an ocean wave. So I'm excited to see all of this. I'll tell you how it was when I get back. But yeah, super excited about that. I'm also really excited about my book. So the outline is due today. This is going so quickly. I think it was, I don't even know, maybe um, I've been knowing that I will be writing a book uh, for a while now, but I think it was maybe a month ago or five weeks ago that I hired a book coach and publisher. And now we're here already at the outline. The outline is due today. It's almost done. I have a little bit of adjustments to make, but the process that my book coach slash publisher slash editor has walked me through has made it incredibly simple. I cannot tell you. So anyway, I'm excited about just sitting on the whatever, lanai in Costa Rica, whatever it's called there. When we lived in Hawaii, we called it a lanai. So whatever it is called in Costa Rica, I'm excited to just sit out in the mornings and write with the sun coming up and having like space to think and also to spend with my family once they wake up. So anyway, that's what's happening over here at Melissa Lieberman Coaching. And today let's shift into gear because this is a really important topic about pricing upper limits. And I want to share this concept with you today so that you can increase your prices, charge more for the work you're doing, and feel confident in doing so. And uh, what I'm going to share with you will allow you to do that, empower you, enable you to do that. So before we dive into the agenda, I want to recommend to you a companion resource for today's episode, and that is the pricing assessment, the independent consultant's pricing assessment. You may have already taken this. I would recommend going to take it again if you have already taken it so that you can see where your results now are compared to when you took it the first time. And then if you have not yet taken it, I highly recommend that you go take it because it will help you to uncover opportunities that you have in your consulting pricing and really set yourself up to charge more for the work that you're doing and be confident in doing so. So you can find that at icpricing.com, which are the two letters IC for independent consultant, pricing.com, icpricing.com. Okay, with that, now let's talk about the agenda. The agenda for today, we're talking about the concept of pricing upper limits. So first I'll share with you what that is. Then I'm going to share with you two case studies to show you how this works. And then we'll wrap up today with very specific next steps for you to put this into action. So stay to the end. You'll want to grab the show notes also 
because these action items are in the show notes and then you don't have to furiously write them down as we're talking, okay? So with that, let's start with what is a pricing upper limit as it relates to you as an independent consultant? Let me describe it to you this way. Oftentimes, when we think about pricing, our brain goes to what's the most I could charge for this work? What would the client be willing or able to pay? That's typically what we think about when we are pricing out our services. As the kind of guiding principle here, what's the most that I wonder what they would pay? What's this worth to them? What are they able to pay? Maybe they're a startup, so you're thinking they're not as able to pay as other types, you know, a Fortune 10 company. Whatever it is, our thought process from a pricing perspective oftentimes gravitates more to that column as we're thinking about our pricing versus what we are willing to offer. So while it's certainly part of the pricing equation, what the client is willing to pay, of course, and how they attach value to what uh, they're willing to pay, today I want to focus much more on the other side of the equation, which is what you believe your work is worth. And I said that very specifically, what you believe what your work is worth, not what you are worth. I want to talk more about this idea because as it relates to a pricing upper limit. So when you're thinking about what your work is worth, you have a ceiling in your mind. We all do. And that's what I want to highlight today is that ceiling and how that ceiling gets established in your mind and how you can know what it is and start getting really comfortable with moving that ceiling up or that pricing upper limit up. In a very succinct way, the definition of a pricing upper limit is your ceiling that you create for yourself based on the way you're thinking about your pricing. So again, we're thinking about pricing today from your perspective, not from the client's perspective. And I'll show you here in a minute how your the way you're thinking about pricing has so much more power than you might be thinking it does. We often think that whatever the client needs or wants or has budgeted is really the primary driver and whatever we need or want or expect is more secondary. And today I want to flip that to show you how your way of thinking about your pricing is paramount to ultimately what you're charging. And secondary is what the client is willing to pay. That might sound a little controversial or confusing or contrary to your experience, but I want to share with you today two very specific examples to help you to see that the way you're thinking about your pricing and the upper limit that you've got in your brain, that ceiling that you've got in your brain, because we all have one, is the driving factor of what's possible for you. And by the way, that's great news because you're fully in control of that. You're not in control necessarily of your potential client's budgets, although you you can very much influence that. But what you are con- in full control of is your own pricing upper limits and addressing those so you're not creating a false ceiling for yourself. So again, let me just repeat the definition here. Your pricing upper limit is the ceiling you create for yourself as it relates to your pricing based on the way you think about your pricing. So let's start digging into this in even more detail. So why does this upper limit matter? 
And again, we want to talk about this with respect to why the way you're thinking about your pricing and the pricing ceiling you may have in your mind is the most important thing as it relates to you approaching the way you're pricing out your work and the way that you're selling your work with your clients. Let me bring that to life a little bit. Let's talk about what that upper limit impacts. It impacts the realm of possibility that you're even thinking about when it comes to pricing. For some of us, we never would imagine that we could charge 50K a month for a retainer for you know maybe 10 hours a month. So that upper limit impacts the realm of possibility of what we even consider when it comes to pricing or what we might even offer when it comes to pricing. The upper limit impacts the presence with which you show up. Think about yourself. If you're thinking about yourself as a 5K per month consultant versus a 50K per month consultant, think about the difference with which you would show up as a result of that. The upper limit that you set for yourself impacts the courage that you have or don't have to ask questions that might be more uncomfortable to you about money, about value to have those conversations with your potential clients. Your upper limit impacts the creativity with which you're approaching sales conversations and proposal conversations. The creativity with which you're understanding their needs and the way you're offering solutions. The upper limit impacts what you're willing to offer and really stand behind as a consultant for your consulting pricing. So when we think about the way that pricing comes together, just to recap what we've been talking about, and then I'll move into those couple of examples. When you think about the way pricing comes together in a very simplistic way, it's what you're willing to offer and agree to and what the client is willing to accept and pay for. And oftentimes, as I was saying a moment ago, we think that really the client at the end of the day is in the driver's seat because they're the one writing the check. You know, we get to decide whether we're willing to take it or not, you know, whatever we've offered and they've agreed to. Today, I want to impress upon you as we talk about this upper limit from a pricing perspective is that you are setting that upper limit in the way that you're thinking about the work you're doing, the way you're thinking about yourself, and the way as a result you're showing up the level of confidence that you have and the amount of presence that you have, and the way you're engaging with that potential client and moving them through a process. When you're showing up thinking of yourself as a 50K per month consultant versus a 5K per month consultant, of course, that client is going to see you very differently, experience you very differently, understand the value that you offer very differently, and be much more willing to pay the 50K per month versus the 5K per month. And that's where all the control is for you in this situation from a pricing perspective. That's why you are setting the upper limit of your pricing and not the consulting clients setting the upper limit of your pricing. So now that we've talked about what this upper limit is, I want to bring it to life using two examples. The first example is going to be where it's two similar consultants doing similar type of work and offering two vastly different pricing models. And then the second example I'm going to give you is one consultant who started off offering a very low price, 5K, and moved it up to 30K for the same services, the same client, 
And the only thing that changed was her own pricing upper limit. So hopefully this gives you a couple different takes to illustrate for you this pricing upper limit and how you setting your pricing upper limit is incredibly important as the foundation of you approaching your pricing, of you pricing out proposals, of you figuring out what clients are willing to pay and attracting those clients that are willing to pay what is commensurate with your upper ceiling. So with that, let's move into these couple of examples. Before I dive into the very specifics of them, I want to warn you, as I do almost every time I give you examples, which is these examples I'm using are uh, more in the HR space. You may not be an HR consultant. Don't just dismiss these that this doesn't apply to you because you're not an HR consultant and what you do is unique and different and doesn't apply. Our brain is trained to go figure out the reason why something is wrong with us or we're different. And today I want to make sure you're making the most of this episode. I want to strongly encourage you to think about, as I'm sharing these examples, how this does apply to you, even if you're not an HR consultant. Get curious and ask yourself, how does what Melissa is about to tell me apply to me? All right. With that, I know you're here because what I share with you is relevant and applies to you, but I want to take that another level deeper for you and really make sure that when you're thinking about these examples, you're putting yourself in the shoes of these consultants. All right. Okay. So with that caveat, let's talk about the first example. So these are two different consultants who have this similar type of offering, but vastly different pricing. And what I want to illustrate to you is that their vastly different pricing has nothing to do with their client's willingness to pay. It has everything to do with their own pricing upper limit. So here we have Sally and Caroline. I've changed the names for confidentiality. So we're going with Sally and Caroline. They were both past HR executives. They both work with mid-sized companies from a consulting perspective. They both offer some form of retainer work. For both of them, there's a little bit of a mix of types of projects because they're working with mid-sized companies, kind of a mix of strategy, mix of execution, a little bit of uh, project-based work. So it's kind of a mix of work that they're doing for these mid-sized companies, and they have similar backgrounds. One of them is pricing her monthly work at 10K per month, and the other is pricing it at 30K per month. What is the difference? The difference is not the client's willingness or ability to pay. The difference is not that Sally was an executive in the past or has a different background than Caroline. Of course, they're two different humans, so they are different in that way. But they have such similarities in terms of their backgrounds, you know, their body of work and their experience and who they're working with. If we were to boil it down, it comes down to each of their individual pricing upper limits. Sally, who's making 10K per month, who's charging 10K per month, I should say, her thought process is, and this is really common, you might resonate with this, her thought process is, I'm charging 10K per month because they're not going to want to pay more than they would pay a full-time employee to do this type of work. 
So she, you know, if we were to add it all up, she's making roughly 120K per month from this contract. And her thought process is they're not going to want to pay. It's a mid-sized company. They won't want to pay more than what they would pay a full-time employee. I hear this all the time. That's why I brought this specific example to mind because so many of us think this way. Let's compare that to Caroline, who's charging 30K per month for the same type of work, for the same type of clients. Her thought process is they'd never be able to afford a full-time employee who does my caliber of work and has my level of impact. She's not equating herself to the work she's doing to a full-time employee. She's looking at the type of work she does in a very different way and thinking how lucky the client is to be able to pay her 30K per month to get the level of expertise she has as a former executive to have the the speed of impact that she makes because of her experience, to have the level of strategy that she has because of her breadth of experience, and the fact that what she's doing has no correlation to what it might be that a full-time employee would be doing. They're two different things. That's her thought process. And that thought process creates a different upper limit for her, which is 30K per month. So do you see that these two upper limits, in Sally's case, 10K, she's created her own upper limit by the way she's thinking about her clients and the way she's thinking those clients are equating you know, her pricing to a full-time employee versus Caroline, who is looking at the work she does in a very different way as a consultant that she's there to provide expertise and impact. And that is not what she's doing is replacing a full-time employee or doing some portion of what a full-time employee would do. It's not even thinking about it in that way. She's thinking about herself as a consultant and the type of work that she's doing that makes an impact that's at 30K or beyond. And that's what she's attaching the value to. So hopefully you can see that in this case, this example, Sally versus Caroline, the pricing upper limit that each of them has is what's creating the pricing that those clients are willing to agree to and accept. And it's not because the client is has a certain budget or is willing to pay a certain amount or is able to pay a certain amount. So now let's, let's take a second example here. This one is about Jane. Jane, and I use this example specifically because she's got a lot of repeat business within the same client for the same services. So we're talking apples to apples in that way. And how she went from charging 5K for the type of work she does to 30K for the same type of work. Which, if we were to look at it on an hourly basis, the effective rate went for her from $125 to $750 per hour for the same type of work for the same client. Again, this is a real person. I'm just not using her real name for the purposes of confidentiality. Jane is a fractional HR and organizational strategy consultant. Again, I'm using an HR example, but it doesn't matter. It applies to every type of work. So think about your own specific scenario if you're not in HR. She does organizational assessments. She does org design. She does operating models. She does 360 evaluations, a little bit of executive coaching. 
and some retainers for ongoing implementation type work. So she's got a mix of repeatable work and customized engagements that she offers to her clients. And so I want to just strip this down for purposes of this topic, pricing upper limits, to use the work that she does in organizational assessments because it is repeatable and easy to compare engagement over engagement. So we're comparing apples to apples. So when she first started working with this particular client, which happens to be a Fortune 100 client, so when I say she's working with the same client, she's working in different business units within this client. When she first started working with this particular client, she was doing those organizational assessments for around 5K. And with the amount of work that it required, it equated to about $125 an hour. And her thought process when she sold her organizational assessment work for 5K to this client was, I'm lucky to have this client. I want to have ongoing work with them. And so I better not overcharge them. That was her thought process. So that's what created her pricing upper limit, her pricing ceiling in her mind. Her thought process of, I'm lucky to have this client. They have a great brand. I want to have ongoing work with them, so I better not overcharge them. You may relate to this. I hear this kind of thought process so often. You might have had this in the past or having this right now. The way that Jane was able to shift from 5K for the organizational assessment work to 30K for the organizational assessment work, and quite frankly, she even has more headroom above this, but it's all in her own pricing upper limit that we're continuously working on. The way she shifted from 5K to 30K, which again is, you know, if we were to take it by the hour, which she's not charging by the hour, but just to give a data point, is from $125 per hour to $750 per hour. The way she shifted was by shifting her pricing upper limit in her mind. She shifted her thought process from, I'm lucky to have this client. I want ongoing work so I won't overcharge them, which by the way, even 30K is not overcharging them. She shifted her thought process from that into 30K is a bargain for them considering the millions I'm helping accomplish in their employee productivity. Now, she now has more data points than she did to support her pricing upper limit. When she first started, she had no data points when she first started. It was a brand new client to her. She was basing it off of her thought processes, which is, I want ongoing work. Now she's been able to increase her pricing upper limit because she shifted her thought process and she has evidence to you know reinforce that in her mind that 30K is a bargain for them considering the millions I help them accomplish or achieve in increased employee productivity. And she was very nervous to offer the 30K when she, you know, went to another business unit to do the same services and that client, but she had done the work on this pricing upper limit. So it was a little tiny bit of doubt and worry, but, you know, if we were to put a percentage on it, maybe 5% and 95% confidence. And as a result, they didn't negotiate. They just agreed to it. Again, it had nothing to do with their willingness to pay or their ability to pay. It had everything to do with the thought process she had and the upper limit, the pricing upper limit that she was imposing on herself. The way she was thinking about her client, 
the way she was thinking about herself, the way she was thinking about the value that she delivered. Because she shifted that mindset from, I better not overcharge them, I want ongoing work, into this is incredibly valuable, it's worth millions, so 30K is a drop in the bucket. That's what helped her to shift her upper limit and therefore her pricing. So for you, let's take all the definition I just gave you about the pricing upper limit and these couple of examples and put this into action for you and your business. Again, we will put these in the show notes so you can go and copy these. You don't have to furiously write them down as I'm saying them, but you want to really sit down with your business owner hat on and think about your pricing upper limit and what thought processes are creating that upper limit for you and what you can purposefully and intentionally shift to increase your upper limit as a result. So these are the questions. What are the thoughts and assumptions that are leading you to your current pricing? Write all of those down. What are the thoughts and assumptions that are leading you to the current pricing that you've got? All of them. Just write them all out. Nothing's wrong. We are brainstorming here. Just write all of them out. What's in your brain? Empty it out. Then go back through each one and ask yourself, how could the opposite be true? So for example, you might be charging 15K per month for a retainer type engagement to mid-sized companies. And your thought might be, this is the most they'd be able to pay as a mid-sized company. So you want to be really aware of what it is you're thinking that creates that 15K per month upper limit. And then you want to ask yourself, how could the opposite be true? So if you're thinking the 15K is the most a mid-sized company would be able to pay, ask yourself, why would they pay 25K per month? What results would make it a no-brainer for them to pay me 25K per month? How would I need to think about myself and my client to feel confident charging 25K per month? Those are the questions you would want to ask yourself. So sit down and really explore this pricing upper limit for yourself so that you can not be the ceiling in your business as it relates to your pricing and give yourself that headroom without anything needing to change about your clients' budgets or their ability to pay or their willingness to pay or anything. We're working on your side of the equation, which is the upper limit that you've set for yourself. And hopefully with the examples I've given to you today, you can start to see that you, in the way you're thinking about your pricing and the way you're approaching your sales process and your proposal process and your business in general, you're the one creating a ceiling for yourself. And that's great news because you have full control over moving that ceiling up. So with that, I will remind you to go take the Independent Consultants Pricing Assessment that is at icpricing.com. Again, the letters IC for independent consultant, icpricing.com. And I will see you here again next week. Take care. Thanks for joining me this week on the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business podcast. If you liked today's episode, I have three quick next steps for you. First, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Next, leave me a review in your podcast app so other independent consultants can find and benefit too. And finally, to put the ideas from today's episode into action, head over to melissaliberman.com for the show notes and more resources to help you grow your consulting practice from your first few projects into a full-fledged business. See you next week.